Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017. The team, Sam Hauser here till 7, and we're being joined now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline by Andrew DiCecco. Covers the Eagles and writes about the Eagles for InsideTheBirds.com. You also hear him from time to time on ESPN Radio in Philadelphia. Andrew, it's been a little while. Good to have you back on here in Albuquerque, of course, getting ready for Week 18 Cowboys and Eagles tomorrow night. Eagles locked into a wild card spot with this uh, last game still to play. Just give us a little sense of, of how we got here. First-year head coach Nick Sirianni, uh, some, some questions in the beginning, but through all that, the Eagles hot right now, four in a row, I think six of the last seven, and playing some of their best football at the right time, Andrew. Yeah, well, this is the case, uh, really, of a young head coach, Nick Sirianni, and a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts really finding their way. Nick Sirianni struggled with the just the subtleties and nuances of being a first-year head coach that you typically see, and Jalen Hurts really wasn't consistent early on. There was a lot placed on his shoulders to really uh, carry the burden of the offense, and he really had some shortcomings in the passing game, and I thought that you know, there was too too many times the offense lost its rhythm. They weren't really uh, implementing a balanced attack. The running game was largely absent. And then all of a sudden, right around, I would say, the, uh, the, the Raiders game, at the midway point of the season, you started to see Nick Sirianni come into his own as a play caller and exhibit confidence and, stay, and, and a commitment to the running game. Because really, frankly, the Eagles' offensive line is their strongest unit. Right, So why not lean on that? And they're just resetting the line of scrimmage and imposing their will on defensive lines. They're churning out yards at five, six yards a clip, and they have a three-headed rushing attack. So they've really leaned on that, taken a little bit of pressure off of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, in his own right, has made steady progressions throughout the season in, in his timing, accuracy, willingness to hang in the pocket and keep his eyes downfield and allow Rouse to develop. And really, on the defensive side, Jonathan Gannon is an all, also a first-year coordinator, and you're, there he got a lot of flack this year for not really being aggressive and sort of implementing a read-and-react passive attack. And that really has yielded negative results, particularly they're getting picked apart in the short to intermediate areas of the field from the Justin Herberts and the Tom Brady's and the, the Derek Carr's that they were facing in the early part of the season. And they weren't really getting home or, or applying any pressure on the quarterback. And their strongest units on paper are their defensive line and their offensive line. So I think it just really took these coaching, this coaching staff, and which is very young, by the way, cohesiveness and time working together to really see and assess what they had and the quarterback coming into his own and really it's been a uh, you know it's sort of been the stew that's really uh, provided the surge to that second half of the season and that's why the Eagles are sitting in the driver's seat and and are going to the postseason. And so with Jalen Hurts you know like you said certainly become certainly become a lot more balanced with Passing and and running this year, we, you know, it's it's been a couple of weeks, but is the idea of of him, you know, if it came down to it in a game, Jalen Hurts being the team's leading rusher, is that something that the Eagles are still comfortable with? You know, I think that the Eagles they they they're given they they put a lot of trust in Jalen in or in picking his spots in which he's going to run, and uh, Jalen, whether it was the ankle injury that he sustained against the Giants. 
and uh, right around Thanksgiving, or it's just an overall when he had that three week lull there, and Gardner Minshew started a game, and they had the the bye week, and then they played, of course, on that Tuesday night. So he had a little bit of a time to really step back and see the game maybe from a different perspective, see another quarterback play a game and really reevaluate because you have to remember during the season you don't have a whole lot of time to process and learn on the fly and coaches don't have a chance to really coach on the fly but having that perspective be able to stand back and see oh they're doing this or hey I could be doing this better I don't know if it's the injury or that but he's really not being so quick to run and bail from the pocket and he's hanging in there and making some really good throws he has the arm strength to make every throw and I think now he's he's exhibiting more confidence in himself to do that. And I think the coaches are saying, look, whatever you see, make it. You know, if if, if it's you, if there's a running lane there, take it. And uh, they're putting a lot of trust in him, and and rightfully so. I think he's earned that. And he and he's also earned the respect of all the veterans on the roster. I think that's an overlooked facet of Jalen Hurts is that uh, his his poise, leadership, accountability, and everything else. Uh, he's a team captain, and I think that that's really uh, he really has the locker room, and I think that's that's very telling for a second year player. Is the sense with Jalen Hurts that that he's going to get the extension, that he's going to be somebody that the Eagles are going to lean on long term, or do you think there's still something significant left for him to prove? Well, it's interesting, right? Because they they, they sit here with three first round picks and. One could assume that, oh, you know, Russell Wilson might be available, or Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson, and you know how the Eagles really love having that franchise, quote-unquote franchise quarterback, and they love the passing game, they love the, the gaudy offensive stats that, that come with, a, with an explosive aerial attack. However, that comes with a cost. You do that, and you're, all of a sudden you're losing potential building blocks in the first round that you really need to bolster the defensive side of the ball. I think that that's really where the Eagles really need to use some of these resources because there aren't any building blocks, there aren't any cornerstones really there to to hang your hat on defensively. And on the flip side, Jalen Hurts has shown enough in the second half, shown enough progression and development to really warrant a second year and and see what, with the coaching staff and remember this is all new coaching staff see what he can do after the off season and see if he's able to make that leap as a second year starter next season all the while you're invigorating other areas of the roster with your with your resources and I think that puts the Eagles in position long term to be able to be uh, viable contenders for the foreseeable future. Andrew DiCecco with us here on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team you can find his work inside thebirds.com. He also appears on ESPN Radio in Philadelphia, other sources as well. But inside thebirds.com is where you find his work. And as we're talking about Nick Sirianni, uh, Andrew, you made a case for him as one of a, a handful that's going to end up being in the mix come the end of the season for Coach of the Year. Talk a little bit about uh, about your case for Nick Sirianni, and and even as we're you, know, you made it clear earlier, there was a, a point of debarkation where things started to click. When the Eagles sure. were sitting two and five seven weeks into the season, was there still a sense where you could see where the team was going at that point? That's led Nick Sirianni into that conversation. Well, I think the really telling thing when they were two and five is that the he never lost the locker room once. 
there was a, a resounding belief and commitment to Nick Sirianni and his messaging, and the players were playing hard. They may have been losing games, but you weren't seeing guys take plays off. You weren't seeing a lack of effort or hustle or anything in that regard that you tend to see when, when things start to go south, you know, when, when teams start losing games. And I think that you saw the promise there, and he really started to refine certain areas of his – remember, he was sort of learning on the job. Then that halfway point, something clicked, and there's a, you know, he, he prides himself on, uh, and, he, and he's proud that the Eagles are a physical, nasty football team. He said that multiple times, and he believes it, and he's actually staying committed to it. There's been moments of growth that you can see where maybe the running game isn't, isn't getting off to the fast start that they've, like, against Washington. I think they only churned out three yards, 3.4 yards a carry. However, he's still, uh, I think he, he rushed, or he, he rushed more than he, than he passed in that game. And that shows tremendous growth because the old Nick Sirianni implemented a pass happy passing attack as, and that really wasn't the recipe for success. So you're seeing a lot of growth overall in his play calling and, uh, and, and just his, uh, he went for, forward on fourth down twice on, um, on Sunday in Washington territory in a must win game, showing an, uh, a commitment. And, and, and confidence in his offensive line, which is the strongest unit to move the pile and get the running game going. So uh, there's, there's, a, there's something uh, special brewing here in Philadelphia with Nick Sirianni and this particular batch of Philadelphia Eagles. They believe in him, and I think that they're going to be a dangerous team uh, come playoff time. As you make that case for him, and, and you know, there, there's certainly a case there, and, and there are a, a, a good handful of coaches that do have a case for them uh, themselves as you make that case for Nick Sirianni in, the, in that discussion for Coach of the Year, ultimately, who do you think will win it? Oh man, it's it, it's so tough to because there really hasn't been a, a standout. I mean, if you look at some of the coaches that are getting uh, accolades this year, you look at Frank Reich. I, I think that the Colts have underperformed given what they have to work with, and uh, I mean, it's really. The, there's not a whole lot of teams you could really look to this year. I mean, in the, in the NFC, there's, I don't know, Bruce Arians, but the Tampa Bay's been up and down. They had, they dropped a couple of games that they clearly should have won. They were decidedly the better team. The Rams, uh, I don't know how you can, how you can say Sean McVay. I, I think they still underperformed. So I don't, I don't really know what direction you could go with that. Um, to, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, I think that Nick Sirianni deserves it. Based on where the Eagles were, there are articles being written on him here, uh, absurdly, by the way, that he should be, was he going to be a one-and-done head coach, right? I mean, he had this whole flower speech that people picked apart, and he was really using that as saying that the Eagles are, are developing. And, and they, you know, metaphorically speaking, and, and, you know, people took it around with it because of the, of the record, like this, he doesn't know what he's talking about or what's going, you know, it's a, this is a disaster. Well, the players never felt that way, and they, they were able to collectively band together and, and have that second-half surge and be a playoff team, which was unfathomable you know, just a couple of months ago. So there's something to be said for that, and I think Nick Sirianni deserves a place at that table. What ended up being the big selling point? Because I mean, and, as far oh, and, and actually, let me ask you this as well. Do we know who else was involved in those interviews and what ended up being the big deciding point where the Eagles went with Nick Sirianni over whoever else they might have been considering. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a Howie Roseman and, and Jeffrey Lurie collaborative decision there. And, 
Nick Sirianni was a young coordinator and someone that really caught my eye. I tweeted about this a couple years ago, as I mentioned, Nick Sirianni specifically and Mike Kafka as coordinators uh, and position coaches to look at for potential offensive coordinator or head coaching jobs in the future. And Nick Sirianni, you know, he, he sort of emerged out of nowhere, really, but I, I think it's that they were enamored with his uh, just knowledge of the game and, and, and confidence and the direction in which he, the plan that he had, the direction that he was looking to take the team. I think that that was very enticing. And he really conveys the passion and the understanding of the game, the different nuances and the finer points of the game um, when, you, when you listen to him at his press conference. And I also think that there's an emotional, uh, there's an emotional intelligence with Nick Siri. I think that that's very innate. And that also comes off in, in what you see on the field and, and the, the belief that the players had and they never wavered from that. So there's a lot of different qualities there that you can see that they really liked. And I think that he's a coach that's very much ascending. And I don't know that they ever, that they, maybe they didn't envision themselves as a playoff team. So he may have overachieved in that regard, but I think that they very much envisioned him being a progressively a progressive-minded, offensive-minded coach that uh, that had a lot of potential to uh, become one of the more prominent coaches in the NFL. Andrew Decheco with us on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. He's on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. You can find his work inside the birds. Dot com. Couple a uh, couple other things uh, left, uh, Andrew, that I want to ask you about. Certainly, got to get your thoughts on Devontae Smith, the rookie wide receiver from Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner last year. There was all the talk coming into the season about you know concerns about his size and would he be able to hold up through an NFL season. What can you tell us about Devontae Smith's rookie season? Yeah, great question. Obviously, I, he's someone that. When he was drafted, he was pro-ready, right? Most rookie receivers struggle from a route-running standpoint, and he was already, when he came into the NFL, he was already better than most route-runners in the NFL, clearly better than anyone on the Eagles in that regard. Is a very serious about his business. There's not a whole lot of joking around. You don't see a lot of posting on social media. He's a very, he's coming from Alabama, right? So he's, he's focused on winning. He's focused on getting better. And, uh, he's tough and physical despite that slight stature. He's willing to stick his nose in there and block. He's obviously a technically savvy route runner. He has soft hands. He's developed an almost immediate rapport with Jalen Hurts, uh, rekindling their previous one at Alabama. That, that didn't take very long. And uh, he's just, uh, I mean, he's he, he just, he's someone that really translates to the pro, pro game pretty seamlessly, and you don't see that a lot with rookie receivers. And uh, he's really, he became the de facto number one receiver on the Eagles, and both him and Dallas Goddard have really commanded that offensive aerial attack. And he's someone that, that commands the, the opposition's top cornerback, and rightfully so. And he's, uh, not only can he just affect the short to intermediate areas of the field, and create separation in that regard, but he's someone that can also very much take take the top off of a defense as well. So he's going to be an, an X factor here as the Eagles venture into the postseason. Yeah, certainly getting ready for the Cowboys Week 18, and then into the Wild Card Weekend after that. How much concern is there right now as far as the state of the Eagles' backfield with injuries? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a fair concern given that that's been what's really sort of ignited that second half 
ascension. But that said, Miles Sanders, I believe, will be back. Jordan Howard, I wouldn't play him tomorrow night. And he played a little bit last week, but obviously he was limited with that stinger. He's really the thunder to Sanders' lightning. But you also have Boston Scott there, who's played a lot of football over the past few years for the Eagles. And important football, remember down the 2019 stretch, he had an impressive final month uh, uh, of December that really helped enable the Eagles to get in the playoffs because they were shorthanded in the backfield as well. And Kenny Gainwell is a pass-receiving option that the team has a lot of confidence in situationally. He was one of their guys that they used in the hurry-up offense um, and in the two-minute offense, so they have a lot of confidence in him there. So they have a lot of guys that slot in in different particular roles. So uh, it's a very balanced attack, and I do think that as we venture here into the postseason, that they're going to be a, a fairly healthy stable there. And the Eagles have proven that last week when Boston Scott was the feature running back, they're still going to lean on the running game because that's been the recipe for success. And that goes back to Nick Sirianni's commitment and belief into that new, newfound philosophy. And I think that they're going to be a dangerous team uh, in the next couple of weeks. Andrew, really appreciate the time. Before we let you go, do you think Doug Peterson will be an NFL head coach next season? Yes, I do. Uh, perhaps with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Peterson is a he's a co- he's a players coach, right? And I think that's really coming off of that sour situation there in Jacksonville, where uh, you know you're coming off that Urban Meyer, it just didn't work out there, and you're looking for a, a coach in Doug Peterson who maybe you get him out of that Philadelphia spotlight. He's able to go down there in Jacksonville and and coach without being uh, having every little thing. Uh, looked at or viewed under a microscope. He's able to sort of dip his toe back into the coaching uh, and, and work with a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. He has a good history of working with young quarterbacks, and I think that, that would just be a really good match there and a much-needed uh, uh, coaching addition to to that franchise that really has been uh, lackluster, to say the least, over the past handful of years. Again, InsideTheBirds.com is where you find his work, getting ready for Week 18 and the playoffs going forward. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Always good chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.